Hello, everyone. We are on chapter two of the book of First Corinthians, and Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. And starting out in chapter two, I just kind of want to ask you a few things. You know, Paul, Paul, he wrote and he spoke a lot, <laughs> most of the New Testament. And having seen all these things, do you ever wonder or want to know what the focus of his ministry is? Out of all this stuff, what was his focus? What made him tick? And here in his epistle to the first Corinthians, you know, this church had some problems, some serious problems. And did Paul focus on those things, the failures, the sins, the degradation? He knew what was going on. I mean, the whole book, he addresses these things, but he didn't spend the time or his focus on fixing or giving practical self-helps. So what was it? Well, in verse two, he said, I did not determine to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and this one crucified. I did not determine to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and this one crucified. You know, Paul, he could have determined to know a lot of other things. In fact, because he was writing to the Corinthian believers, he could have had a very high appeal to them because in their Greek backgrounds, they loved people who were well-spoken and intelligent. And when you read Paul's epistles, he for sure fits the bills, the, the bill of these two descriptions, well-spoken and intelligent. So he had the capacity to speak convincingly, to be per- persuasive, but he didn't rely or look to those things when ministering to them the word of the testimony of God. He could have, but he didn't. He only determined to know Jesus Christ and this one crucified. In the last chapter, Paul told us in verse 23 that the brothers preached Christ crucified. And the crucified Christ that Paul determined to know was the solution to all of their problems. The solution wasn't going to be found in their so-called wise philosophy. The impact of his speaking to them was not in good points, self-help, or some philosophical debate, but it was in the spirit and the power of God. (laughs) Awesome. So if the wisdom of the Greeks, which, you know, humanly speaking, it was quite high. If that wisdom was not enough, how do we have a chance to know the mysteries of God? How can we know and understand the eternal mysteries of God? Uh, If you look at the Gospels, you know, so many Pharisees and scribes, their job was to know the Bible, and they failed to know this mystery. In Colossians 2, 2, it says the mystery of God is Christ, and they killed him. So clearly they didn't understand God's purpose or this mystery. So how do we stand a chance? At the time of Christ's incarnation, we probably would have wondered if God would ever be able to reveal this mystery to anyone. But at some point, God was able. Hallelujah. Verse 10 says that to us, to all of you listening, God has revealed this wisdom, this mystery, his mystery. And he revealed it through the spirit because the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. This is awesome. (laughs) The Pharisees, the scribes, the Greeks, and all the religionists, you know, they focus so much on the scripture as a textbook. They relied so much on their minds. But in verses 10 and 11, Paul helps us so much by telling us that if we want to know the deep things of God, we have to come to the spirit of God. And if we want to know the things of man, if we want to know what is righteous and what is holy conduct as believers, we have to come to the spirit of man. Paul uh, Paul will go on in the next few 
chapters and the rest of this book, and he'll describe, you know, this double experience that we have to have. If we, we need to become Christians who are determined to know the Lord and his purpose, not just by our mental capacity, but actually by and in the spirit of God and in our human spirit. There is no other way that we can know our God and know the things of man. If, if we do have the proper experience of these spirits, then we can know and sink into the depths of God. I mean, don't you want that? I, I do. Imagine. Okay, okay, okay. How about we try today? I challenge you. How about we try today to not sink into our minds, all of our worries, our toil, our burdens, our imaginations, and let's all determine to sink into the depths of God. Let's do it. Now, at the end of the chapter, we can see almost a result of what kind of persons we can become. And if we don't pay attention to Paul's fellowship about these two spirits, the spirit of God and the spirit of man, then we easily can fall into the trap of becoming fleshly or soulish people. If we, if we end up living by the lusts of our flesh, we become fleshly people. If we let our soul be the strongest part of our being, then we become a soulish person. This means that our mind, our emotion, and our will, be, will become, it'll become so dominating that we ignore and don't use our spirit. So often this has happened to me. So in these two conditions, being fleshly and soulish, we have no way, no possibility to know and receive the spirit of God. Now, for you listening, um, y'all are smart, you're capable, you have the world at your fingertips. And Satan would love nothing more than to cause you to follow the desires of your flesh or the capacities of your soul. But don't fall into Satan's trap. Use your spirit and come to God who is the spirit in your spirit. Reject that tendency that we all have to be, to be fleshly and soulish and use your spirit. Y'all, we have a spirit, so let's use it. Okay, um, I'll, I'll just try to wrap it up now. All this is great. But if we briefly track back to verse nine, there is an indispensable requirement to know the things of God. What is it? Love. These things, um, the things of God are for those who love him. Today, love the Lord. Our Lord Jesus is the most lovable person in the entire universe. After all, God is love. So how do we respond? Love him. I have another little challenge for you. Set your phone alarm, your watch timer or something for every hour and try to tell the Lord every hour today, Lord, I love you. Often I tell the Lord, Lord, I still love you and I want to love you more. Lord, help me love you more. And then as we do love him and we are one with him in spirit, then by loving this crucified Christ, we will spontaneously be able to know the things of God. You'll be able to know the things of man, and you'll be able to be saved from being a fleshly or soulish person, and you will become a genuine, a genuine spiritual person.